Welcome to this Ag Perspectives podcast. Ron Hayes with you today. And along with this is Oklahoma 3rd District Congressman, former chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Frank Lucas. Congressman Lucas and his office in our nation's capital. Uh, I know that right now, the uh, maybe the big thing that you're working on right now, finishing up, uh, is this huge, huge omnibus. Tell me, what, what if, what's jumped out at you regarding the monies that have been allocated or will be allocated by this particular measure uh, for the rest of this fiscal year? Well, first off, the sheer size and magnitude of the package. This is a dramatic increase in discretionary spending. Now, a big chunk of that is military spending, but that's necessary, Ron. We face challenges on the west side of the Pacific, and there are challenges in Europe, and we have to be able to defend ourselves and help our allies. So that's necessary uh, spending. But the sheer magnitude of the increase in just general purpose social spending that the Democrat side has put on in there is uh, quite substantial. Now, looking at the details, there's additional money for conservation, uh, stream flood control programs. There's a variety of issues addressed across the ag spectrum, uh, transportation money. I mean, this literally is funding everything in the federal government from the moment it is signed sometime probably next week until the last day of September. But this is not how a business should be conducted. We wouldn't run a railroad this way. Uh, the Senate never actually passed any of the regular appropriation bills, as I can tell, across the floor, or maybe even out of committee. In the House, uh, the Democrats passed them out of committee but could never get the, never get the 12 across the floor. Uh, it's just frustrating. But that said, it's about to come to a conclusion, and with the passage of the omnibus appropes, this two-year session of Congress will come to an end. And on January 3, there will be a con- change in the control of the House of Representatives, so the responsibility will be on us as Republicans in the new majority in the House to do things better next year. I know that, uh, you know, from, from that omnibus, one of the questions as far as on the, on the spending, uh, we have heard that, you know, some of the climate smart initiatives that uh, the Democrats, the Biden administration really seems to like a lot, uh, once again, being funded significantly. Uh, are, they, are they pushing most of these monies to, uh, kind of through the CCC uh, account that we, uh, you know, that we've used for traditional things like the federal farm safety net? That seems to be where the lion's share of the cash is going. But remember, January 3, you get a new Ag Committee chairman, uh, Mr. Thompson from Pennsylvania, a Republican. I'll be rejoining the Ag Committee after my four year, uh, my four years of being on leave. Uh, as we do the Farm Bill process, we'll also review that. My great concern about the Biden administration, and for that matter, Speaker Pelosi's processes, have been when they provided money, And for instance, in ag, they provided substantial amounts of money, but they seem very targeted in the money being used in a certain way by certain people. Farm bills are still about raising food and fiber. They're still making sure that we have enough to eat, that yes, we could preserve the soil, the water, and the air quality. There's going to be a huge review of all of this money they've attempted to force through the system. And I suspect you'll see some major efforts to steer these dollars back to the more traditional higher priorities. The, um, 
You know, one of the things I know that you've been working on here at kind of the, the latter stages of this lame duck session has been uh, this uh, uh, resolution, this joint resolution that you and some of the other members of the Oklahoma delegation, folks in Kansas as well, have, uh, have come up with in regards to uh, uh, kind of telling the uh, Fish and Wildlife uh, uh, Service that uh, this is uh, very, very inappropriate what they've done regarding the lesser prairie chicken. Uh, obviously this is not going to probably, this particular resolution will be dead, uh, after the, uh, the end of this session, but, uh, is this kind of a harbinger of what you're hoping to do maybe early in January? This is the first political shot across the bow in this struggle. And whether it's the lesser prairie chickens or the efforts at EPA on waters of the USA, every time we think we've won in court, every time we think we've legislatively uh, beat back the silliness, it just keeps coming back. So yes, this is the first shot across the bow. We're not going to, in our region of the country, set back and let the bureaucracy here in D.C. decide how we use our property and when we can use our property based on their interpretation of a particular creature. Uh, I'm sensitive, as all my colleagues are, about the environment and wildlife. The, the way the Biden administration is going about it is just as silly as the way the Obama administration went about it before them. And uh, this particular resolution, the uh, the Lesser Prairie Chicken Resolution specifically, uh, that, that has a lot of impact on uh, about everything that goes on in uh, in your third district and, and much of, uh, uh, you know, all of western Oklahoma, obviously, uh, the uh, much of western Kansas, Texas Panhandle, multiple states are, are really impacted by this little critter. Absolutely, Ron. And it's not just farmers who will have uh, the ability, and ranchers have their ability to use their fields, to use their pastures impacted. This will impact oil and gas. Those location roads and those well sites and production sites, this has potential impact on construction uh, in the suburbs. Uh, this is a has the, the potential to have a devastating effect on land use, the ability of you to enjoy and properly use your private property for your best economic and personal purpose. Uh, that's why we're so engaged. And, the, and as you noted, the fact that it's not just Oklahoma members, but Kansas members and interest across the country in our region, the United States, uh, says this is serious business and we can't just let them get away with this. We've got to push back. You uh, alluded to the fact that you will be rejoining the House Agriculture Committee. Uh, is that, that that's still there's a little bit more of a process to get that that completed, right? Uh, but but you're Ab uh, you, you've obviously Absolutely. been uh, been approved that way. Absolutely, Ron. The steering committee has met and interviewed those of us who are standing for chairmanships where there's uh, no competition. And the steering committee has recommended me to be chairman of the Science, Space, and Technology Committee. They've also recommended G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania be chairman of the Agriculture Committee. Uh, the competitive races, Ways and Means, and a number of others, will not now apparently be decided until after the new session begins and the speaker is elected on January 3. Once those spots are filled, then we'll begin the process of filling the committees populating them is the phrase they use up here. That's when I'll be in the process. And once that's done, then both Mr. Thompson as chairman of AG and myself at Science can begin then to populate our subcommittees and pick our subcommittee chairman. So everything is kind of come to a halt. 
until the uh, speaker's race uh, is decided on the first day of session, uh, January 3. And uh, the new session. I guess what the other, the other committee that you have served on, will you continue to be on financial services? Absolutely. I am the most uh, senior Republican on financial services. And ironically, in this session, there will be a direct connection between ag and financial services as we get to the bottom of the crypto issues. The FTX scandal uh, and how we protect investors and our fellow citizens from what appears to be some very devious uh, con men and women. The um, work that uh, you've done on, on science the last uh, couple of years, uh, uh, particularly as, as the ranking member, uh, what, what translates over that you're wanting to try to accomplish early on as chairman of that particular committee? In this coming session, we need to do uh, a thorough reauthorization of NASA, the space program, satellite, uh, those sort of things. But the issue that's probably near and dear to many of my neighbors' hearts back home is NOAA, the National Weather Service, has been operating under essentially an executive order since 1970. Lyndon Johnson, even before that, put the initial framework together. We need uh, what they refer to as an enabling legislation, a clear authorization that spells out what NOAA and the National Weather Service can do, how they do it, when they do it. And it's important to all people in the United States, and especially uh, in Oklahoma, as sensitive as we are to the weather because of ag and energy issues, that there's a major facility uh, that uh, NOAA has at uh, Norman, Oklahoma, at the University of Oklahoma, and cooperation of them. So it's it's important for a variety of reasons. That'll be a big fundamental bill that has to be created from scratch. So that uh, give you plenty, plenty to do on that side of the ledger for sure. Let's let's uh, talk for a little bit, if we might, about the uh, federal farm safety net, the twenty twenty three farm bill uh, uh, crafting. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of hearings already held uh, by uh, by both the Senate and by the House to this point, but the real work obviously begins in the new year on putting this thing together. Can you get a farm bill done in the uh, what the nine nine month time period before it expires into September? timeline is very tight, Ron. And I mentioned earlier about not all the chairmen being selected and all of the members being placed on their committees till after January 3. That puts us about six weeks to two months behind on the regular schedule in all of the committees. Um, many of the initial hearings have been held, but the hearings that uh, had a per the perspective they took under the Democrats in the House Ag Committee are going to be different from the perspective of Republicans. So there are a number of hearings left to redo. My goal is still to take the 18 Farm Bill, try to address the changes that have occurred since then. Think of the dramatic swings in input prices. Think of uh, what COVID did to the supply chain and consequently raw, raw product sales, be it the grain or livestock by producers, to try and strengthen the safety net to address that and get it pulled together by the 1st of October. If we can't, then as been the case in a number of years, there may take a three-month or a six-month extension because you have to maintain that safety net. But we need to factor in all the changes in the world and in production agriculture that have occurred since the 18 Farm Bill as quick as we can because it's been a rough couple of years now for folks out on the farm. 
And, of course, uh, the, the, uh, one of the question marks of all of that, uh, will we be able, you know, uh, will we be able to have the, the adequate resources, money, I guess you might say, uh, to make this thing happen? Well, don't be surprised if a substantial amount of the monies that the Biden administration allocated to agriculture-related programs through the various COVID and stimulus bills. Don't be surprised, Ron, if some of that gets reprioritized in the next farm bill. Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, I guess finally, uh, you know, when you uh, look at some of these uh, things that have kind of left, been left over from all the uh, pandemic issues uh, regarding livestock and competition issues and, and uh, reauthorization of the Livestock Mandatory Reporting Program, uh, what, how, do, how do we get our arms around and get some of these things done that uh, a lot of folks seem to agree need to be done, but we haven't been able to get across the finish line on, in both, uh, both bodies? They need to be done, and one of the biggest key factors is Justice Department needs to finish their antitrust, anti-competition, anti-competitiveness, however you want to word it, investigation of the meatpacking industry. That is still ongoing in the criminal division down at Justice. They need to finish that so that they can either take action under existing law or tell us where deficiencies are in existing law so we can change existing law. But that would help expedite all of these issues dramatically. Uh, and all, all Congress can do is take a feather and try and tickle the elephant to get him to move. But justice proceeds at their own pace in criminal investigations. And that's what this is. Uh, but they need to finish so we can take action and respond, I hope, promptly. And, of course, uh, we we're just don't, don't hear anything from them until they, they actually take an action, right? As one of my cohorts on the Judiciary Committee pointed out to me, when they're, in, when they're conducting an investigation and this kind of a procedure where under the anti-monopoly, antitrust, under the Packer and Stalker Acts, you have the ability literally, if, if you determine the law has been violated, to tear a business into pieces to change how it's done. And if management has colluded, that is a criminal penalty, they're not going to tell us anything until they're completed because they don't want to jeopardize the trials that would come from it. So we wait. We wait. We hold our breath. We grumble. We advocate. We whisper. We push. But we wait until they're completed and then once they're completed, we have to respond to the results, whatever they may be. And I also always remind folks, this is like uh, Bell Telephone and the antitrust action in 1982 when the Justice Department determined it was a monopoly, AT&T and Bell Telephone, and they tore them into seven little phone companies, and they ripped off uh, uh, the international communication stuff. You can see dr sometimes dramatic changes come from these processes, and we have to be prepared to respond to that too. Um, last we talked, we uh, finally, uh, we uh, obviously was on election night. Uh, it was apparent at that point that the uh, Republicans probably were going to be able to uh, take majority. That has now obviously happened. It took a, quite a few uh, weeks to first finally get that number all, all in place. Uh, a slim majority, but yet, uh, is this, a, is this a, uh, enough to have a working majority, you think, for the Republican Party in the House? We're going to see if my friends understand the concept of teamwork. 
if they care about restraining tax increases, if they care about uh, restraining spending growth, if they care, if my colleagues care about prioritizing the best interest of the American citizen, and I want to do it in spite of a bare Democratic majority in the Senate and a Democratic president in the White House, then they got to play as a team. I hope and believe we have the capacity to do that. The things I care about, farm bills, uh, NASA and National Weather Service, National Science Foundation, the, bringing this crypto stuff under in out of the Wild West and under control requires a, a teamwork. And I'm going to try everything I can to help make that happen. Thank you, Congressman. Congressman Frank Lucas of Oklahoma's 3rd Congressional District talking with us about a variety of things on this uh, day before Christmas Eve 2022. On the Oklahoma Farm Report, I'm Ron Hayes.